Welcome to the PSD Cast with Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Jason Lumberg, and in this episode, we're discussing one of the critical components for electrical vehicle systems. Now, as governments around the globe increasingly move to phase out the internal combustion engine and automakers announce grand plans to electrify their fleets, OEMs are making sure all these sophisticated systems can communicate with each other and digital controllers can safely interface with the high-voltage systems of a modern electronic vehicle. And Silicon Labs has a white paper that addresses this very topic. And as the author mentions, the high-wattage electronics of EVs need to be communicated with and controlled by low-voltage digital controllers requiring electrical isolation of the controller from the power system. And in these applications, galvanic isolation, usually semiconductor-based isolation, is required to allow the digital controllers to safely interface with an EV's high-voltage systems. Now, today we're proud to welcome Silicon Labs' John Wilson to the show to discuss this and other trends in the EV space. So, John, thanks for joining us. And let me start by asking you, why is galvanic isolation so critical for modern EV systems? Yeah, Jason, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's pretty cool to be here. Um, there's a lot of important reasons for galvanic isolation in an electric vehicle or hybrid vehicle. Uh, that's, that's, uh, it, it's really a must-have because some of the key things that galvanic isolation accomplishes is avoiding human harm and equipment damage and avoiding any type of communication disruptions. All those things could lead to uh, harm to people. It could lead to equipment malfunction. It could lead to incorrect information getting from one part of a system to another. All of those are going to are going to lead to uh, failures that nobody's happy about. So what galvanic isolation does is it's separating ground planes and voltage subsystems from each other. It is allowing signals to cross, but not those high voltages as you described. The separation between the low voltage and high voltage has to be maintained. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, people, people mention range anxiety as, as a major factor for electric vehicles. And we'll get into that later, but less mentioned is uh, the safety for the, the drivers. But, uh, but, but anyway, what, what are the, the various types of isolation components and what's their purpose? Yeah. Well, um, to start with, one key point is these isolators have got to be compliant to a lot of different international standards. There's things like UL, CQC in China, VDE out of Europe. Uh, so the isolators, which are providing this electrical isolation and separation of grounds from one another, uh, have got to comply to these international standards. Now, the types of isolation components include things like digital isolators, which are just for moving signals from one domain to the other, isolated gate drivers, which are are driving switches and FETs in things like uh, power conversion and power supplies, and sensors, which are measuring things like uh, current flows and voltage differentials. There are uh, these product types that, are, that get featured in electric vehicles and, and hybrids, and they're used in a variety of systems and modules in the, the EV. Those types of systems include things like traction inverters. That's, that's the uh, DC to AC converter that drives the electric motor and makes the thing go. There's battery management systems, which are looking after the lithium-ion batteries, assuring that they're, 
the batteries are healthy, that they're balanced, that the power flow out of those batteries is, is correct and uh, according to the system design. There's DC to DC converters, you know, as you mentioned earlier, about high voltage and low voltage domains. You've got to convert power from like uh, a high elevated battery voltage down to the automotive typical 12 volt type of range or 48 volt. Those are done with DC to DC converters. And then the, uh, a real key thing for Silicon Labs is, is onboard chargers. So, you know, the EVs and even the plug-in hybrids will usually attach either to a home or a public space to an, an AC outlet. They need to do actually an AC to DC conversion on board to provide a recharge voltage for the battery system. So those onboard chargers are, are doing that uh, AC to DC conversion, and they are uh, and, and they take a lot of isolators. So so they're uh, they're pretty important and actually exciting for us as a supplier of isolation products. Uh, mm -hmm. Most important though is you know isolators are really safety products. Again, machine safety, human safety, communication safety. Uh, so so. The, the, the most fundamental purpose is, is that safety aspect. Right, right. So what, why are OEMs you know, increasingly moving away from optocoupler-based isolation towards modern semiconductor-based solutions? Is it mainly safety? Is, is there more to that? Yeah, I think that's a good question. So optocouplers are really the workhorse. Uh, they have a long and storied history in the industry of performing that safety and isolation function. But uh, a decade or so ago, a uh, more modern approach was developed, which moves away from the optocoupler approach, uh, which uh, in short, optocouplers suffer from a variety of problems like reliability, uh, slow timing, noise susceptibility, and inefficiency. Um, what Silicon Labs helped to introduce the technology on, uh, again, about a decade ago, was capacitively coupled isolation. This is fabricated in CMOS technology, so it's available readily. There's a lot of CMOS technology and wafer fabrication facilities around the world. Um, this, this type of approach eliminates those reliability, timing, noise, and inefficiency problems. It, it brings a, a improvements in all the areas. It also uses a different communication approach called on-off keying, which is a very robust way of communicating data across the isolation barrier. And in terms of just fundamentally contrasting it with optocouplers, it is a uh, more modern approach. Um, optocouplers still have their role. Um, it's, it's a competing technology, a very mature technology, but uh, Silicon Labs and a number of its competitors have adopted this capacitive coupling approach due to those, those uh, various superiorities. Right, right. Now, I, I sort of addressed this in my intro, but, but you know, in, in your own words, what's the, what's the function of low-voltage controllers in electric vehicles? Yeah, so low-voltage controllers are going to be associated with that 12-volt domain. So they're going to be the smarts that are going to control um, a variety of modules and systems in the car. So if you have um, a 12-volt microcontroller, for example, 
that is not going to play nice if it's exposed to the DC battery voltage in the vehicle. And those DC battery voltages can be 300 volts to 800 volts. Um, so those, those systems really don't play well together in, in terms of that human functional or communication safety standpoint. So maybe think of it as like kids on a playground. You know, the voltage extremes don't play nice together. It's kind of like a variety of kids on the playground. The isolation mm -hmm. comes into play to keep the kids kind of happy, playing nice, collaborating, everybody's having fun and, uh, on the playground. Uh, so by eliminating that potential for human harm, equipment damage, and communication disruption, the, uh, the uh, low-voltage controllers are protected from those very high voltages that are also, uh, let's say, running around in, in the vehicle. Right, right. Well, you know, the, John, to close out, um, I, I, I want to ask you to take a look at like the big, big picture. And, and you know, in our blog section, we, we've discussed range anxiety for electric vehicles pretty extensively. Um, and, 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 you know, the white paper that, that I referenced mentions the importance of EV batteries with high energy storage density, near zero self-leakage current, and the ability to charge in minutes instead of hours. And this all ties in with making electric vehicles accessible to a wider crowd and viable for daily commutes and, and further. And, and, and that's basically um, what addressing range anxiety would be and, and, and opening it up to the general public, uh, electric vehicles, that is. Now, I've, I've asked this of other guests, but it's always good to get a fresh perspective. What, in your opinion, needs to be done to eliminate or reduce range anxiety? Right. Well, I think range anxiety, a lot of that really works hand-in-hand hand with cost. You could, you could put a ginormous number of batteries and huge battery banks, maybe not very attractively aesthetically, but you could, you could really load up a vehicle and, and solve range anxiety kind of just by, uh, by having a whole bunch of batteries. But that's not – part of EVs have, have got to be about uh, conforming to familiar internal combustion engine ways of, of uh, transportation. Like, uh, you know, you're not going to want to commute around in a truck-sized vehicle if you drive a sedan that's just loaded up with a zillion batteries. So w the question and challenge for companies like ours is, how do we help increase efficiencies at all levels? While a vehicle may have things like mechanical losses or those actual battery cells need to increase in density to help with things like range anxiety, um, we don't play, you know, we're not a mechanical product company, we're an electrical product company. So we think about how do we preserve coulombs? How do we help keeping those units of electric charge kind of under control? So what we, what we think about when we get up and come to, to work in the morning are things like how can we help converting power you know, from AC to DC, from DC to DC, from DC to AC, all those, all those different transitions. How can we help with our products for those power conversions to happen efficiently? Um, so, so we look at things like how can we improve our isolated gate drivers that are ending up in these onboard chargers, DC-DC converters, traction inverters. How can we improve them in terms of their efficient operation, their uh, speed, their reliability? We think about things like 
supporting communication systems in the most power-efficient, reliable way possible as part of the, the battery subsystem? Uh, and then how can we do things like sense voltages and currents and report those back to those low-voltage controllers that you talked about? Um, because the, the currents are flowing around maybe in a high-voltage domain, and they've got to be reported back to the low-voltage domain. So you need an isolated sensor to assess some of those currents and voltages. So really, our contribution is at a power and efficiency level. That's going to be um, that. That's our contribution to the overall question of of this elimination redu reduction of range anxiety. Uh, just just by making sure those power subsystems are are running really well, very efficiently, thermally cool, um, and and a high productivity uh, level. Then, you know, other colleagues in the industry are worrying about how to make a, a motor more efficient, how to minimize the mechanical losses. And so all these contributions are, are adding up across the table to help improve range and increase acceptance of electric vehicles, um, just making sure folks are, are comfortable with the, 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 the uh, reliability. They're going to be able to get their vehicle home, get their cross-state or cross-country um, uh, transportation or trip that they've planned completed. And so we're, we're proud to be able to come alongside and, and help with those power systems in, in our contribution to that overall uh, improvement in range. Right, right. Well, thanks for all the great information, John. You know, as, as a quick reminder to our audience, that the PSD cast is now available on iTunes, and the link is in the description. John, on behalf of PSD, I want to thank you for your, our uh, for your time. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in.